First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Welcome to Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. Um, it has been a stressful day today. Uh, our very own investigative reporter here at Blaze TV, Steve Baker, turned himself in today uh, to the FBI. Wearing his best suit, he showed up to a local FBI office here in Dallas, of course, for the crime of uh, blowing up the government's narrative on January 6th, if we could... Play that. Yeah. So he showed up clearly in in good spirits or at least as good as one could have, knowing that you are surrendering for, uh, you know, crimes you didn't commit. And once there, he was then transferred in handcuffs to the federal courthouse. So here is Steve Baker, investigative reporter uh, on January 6th, by the way, then independent reporter being let out in handcuffs for misdemeanor charges. Now, he didn't know until today what those misdemeanor charges were, um, but it ends up, now we find out, of course, that uh, Steve has been charged with knowingly entering or remaining in a restricted building or grounds without lawful authority, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds, disorderly conduct in a Capitol building, and parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a Capitol building. Um, now, I want to go ahead and bring Steve in, um, Steve Baker himself, who like literally just got back at this moment. Um, remember, we taped this a little bit early uh, on Fridays. So you literally just got back from this entire ordeal. Right. You haven't slept, I imagine. No, I haven't yet. I didn't last night. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I just chose not to sleep last night. Never made an effort. Um, how are you? Um, my blood pressure is normalizing right now. Uh, uh, it was... The singular, uh, singularly most humiliating um, episode of my life. Mm -hmm. um, so I have tissues just in case because yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm a gal and you know how we can be. But I want to I want to break this down here. So I want to talk about your actual the footage that we have of your time spent in the Capitol. Um, because, you know, I, I just read these charges here, disorderly and disruptive conduct, uh, parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a Capitol building. And I want to play the CCTV footage of you, Steve, inside the Capitol. Um, so here you are, of course. And by the way, might I add, Steve, you... At times in this, I know we have a, a, a much longer, like, five-minute clip of you. Um, at times in this, you look almost, like, annoyed at times with all of these people going back and forth. And, like, I mean, certainly you are out of the mix. So explain to us what you're doing here. 
I endeavored in every passageway, hallway, room that I went through was to stay away from the crowd so that I could get them on camera. Right. And so I could hold it up and hold it above. And and, and, some, and one time I even uh, stood on a bench, which I'm surprised they didn't charge me for because that's act, that's an actual federal crime, by the way. It really is. Really? Oh, yeah, it really is. Standing on a bench? Yeah, they were actually, when they were going to uh, charge me back in uh, November of 21, that was actually one of the charges was... Uh, property damage because the standing on a bench charge falls under the property damage clause. Oh my! But you so you don't actually have to damage the bench. No, you know you don't have to damage it. You just have to stand on it. And I did, and I stood on a bench to get up above the crowd, and um, and get great footage, which I did. And um, that's primarily what I was doing. And in that that scene right there, I went through uh, the process of. of capturing that scene and then I set my backpack down mm-hmm. which had my tripod in it and my microphone and I set it down and I leaned up against the wall for about five minutes yeah. and took notes and right. you know made the notes to myself about what I was seeing so that's what you were doing when you were on your phone this is like this is this is the equivalent of like you know old school before phone cell phones and iPads and stuff you would have like take notes paper right, notes right. but yeah. you just use your phone for that yeah, and you know there were there was um uh, no sense in trying to text anybody because you couldn't get a, a, a phone or a text signal. Signal, and, and, okay. And the, and, the, and the few times that I did try to send a text, they all delivered like three hours later after you got off of the Capitol okay. property. Okay, okay. So here you are making notes. Do you still have those notes, by the way? I, I don't know if I do or not. I, I bet if I look and did a search, I'd find them. Yeah. Uh, so clear, Steve... This is very disorderly of you. It is. Leaning I'm, back against a wall. Uh, clearly disorderly. Uh, very disruptive. Picketing, picketing and parading mm-hmm, right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just. <laughs> and by the way, that's not a MAGA hat. That's a Yorktown, uh, <laughs> Virginia hat. Yes, because as we discussed the other day, uh, you were not even a, like a, a Trump fan. No. A Trump supporter at that time? Not that time. And I had, uh, I I wore no political, um, you know, clothes or hats or scarves or anything like that uh, for any, any team. I, this is just, I mean, it's, it's hard to watch this knowing what you just went through today. Um, there are people all around you that are parading, yeah. I guess, you know, uh, as, uh, you know, as illegal as parading and parading and picketing, picketing is. is right. But that's clearly not you. Um, and yet you have been subjected to this humiliation ritual based on misdemeanors, which I would just like to point out. Um, the New York Times was there. They climbed through a window. Yeah. In order to get their their coverage, have they been charged? No. Okay. Um, what about there was a a documentarian and self proclaimed filmmaker? I believe her name was Jade Sacker. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually footage of Jade Sacker from that day. Let's play that. Let's give you your hug now. We did it. We did it. I was trying to tell you. I, I couldn't say much. You were right. <laughs> you just have to wash my chair. Oh 
she's laughing, this she's happy that the they best got in. Film you've ever made in your life. This is going to be the best film you've ever made in your life. Hell yeah. Oh yeah? Hell yeah. Wait, you weren't recording, were you? I'll delete that shit. But I didn't record you or me. It was just voices. Curiously enough, Steve, Jade Zacker hasn't been charged with anything. No, I've met her. Really? Yes, I uh, met her at the other voice that you hear in that clip is uh, John Sullivan, uh, famously uh, accused to be BLM and Antifa uh, activist. And I covered his trial, and Jade was a witness in his trial. And uh, out in the hallway, I had the opportunity to meet with her for quite a, quite a bit of time and ask her quite a few questions. And one of the things that she was... Uh, I had to consider, and the judge uh, lectured her, or not, informed her, not lectured her, but informed her before she took the stand. He said, you understand that you can plead the fifth here because you, you, anything you say can be used against you should charges ever mm-hmm. you know, come your way. Mm-hmm. She said, no, I'm fine. I'll do it. So why you? Um, scary words. You know, things you say before and after. You know, the kind of stuff that, like, an unfiltered Sarah would say on a daily basis. And, and especially after you experience something like that and you have to decompress and you'd say mm-hmm. in, in jest with your best friend on a video mm-hmm. and you joke around about things like that, you joke around about, you know, Nancy Pelosi yeah. or yeah. other things. So I, so I, I do, I want to get into that um, here in a little bit, but I want you to walk me through your experience today. Um, we saw you. Mm go to the FBI building and we saw you being led to the car in handcuffs. What was, what was that like um, inside? Once you got inside the FBI building, walk, walk me through what yeah, happened. The, the, the FBI guys uh, really had a minimal role that day. Basically uh, they're supposed to be the arresting agency. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously they didn't come and kick in my door and, put, you know, uh, automatic rifles, uh, red dots on my forehead. I didn't have to go through that. Uh, So uh, being a self-surrender, as you saw, was me arriving, shook hands with them. They were very professional. Uh, They had a very short task to do, which was to, you know, basically make sure I wasn't uh, carrying any weapons, pat me down, check all my, you know, take my shoes off, look at my shoes. Uh, They, you know, did fingerprinting, and um, then they... Uh, took me to the car, transport, transported me to the um, Dallas uh, Federal Courthouse. Mm-hmm. And so that that was really the minimal role that they had. I mean, their arresting was not very difficult. I asked them uh, while they were you know doing the, the pat down and all of that. I asked them, so how often do you guys do this with misdemeanor defendants? And they didn't answer. And and so I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to. I had a kind of rehearsed line of questions yeah. that I wanted to kind of, of just put them did, through Steve. and, and they, um, they didn't respond. And so I, I pushed a little bit more. I said, do y'all do, y'all do a lot of, uh, misdemeanor, uh, mm-hmm. and they didn't answer. And so okay, I thought, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not going to get much out of here, out of this. But when we got in the car and of course, one of the agents sat in the back seat with me and, um, he was, conversational with me and um and again as i said very professional and so uh he asked me what i do and i told him wow and i said uh i said so have you uh arrested many journalists before he's like no he goes this may be my first time 
And I said, really? He said, I said, uh, I, I actually said this. I said, you should check out some of my work. I said, it had, a lot of it has to do with you guys. And he said, really? And so I, I just started telling him some of the stories that we worked on. I told him about the pipe bomb story. I told him about uh, Agent Lazarus and Officer Harry Dunn. And, and he was like, wow, really? <laughs> uh, several times wow. he did that. And then we got into, I actually asked him, uh, and I asked him this question. I said, let me, let me, you know, you're law enforcement. I said, I said, you know that there were six, 60 journalists that went through those broken windows and busted out doors that day. And by the law, I said, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but by the law, no journalist, regardless of credential and regardless of who they work for, has a right mm -hmm. to enter a restricted space mm -hmm without the permission of law enforcement. Is that correct? He said, you're absolutely correct. Mm. That's all I wanted to hear him say. But it's just you. Me and a few other guys that um, don't comport to the approved narrative. Right, right, right. Because, I mean, that seems to be the case here, right? Like, Steve Baker is not one to regurgitate the government's narrative, the approved narrative. You follow the facts where they lead. And you report on those facts. But that so that that is not acceptable with this regime. You are not allowed to do that without consequence. And so here's your consequence, Steve Baker. Here's your consequence Four misdemeanors that we're going to perp walk you with your hands behind your back handcuffed for the entire world to see. So everyone here, everyone here gets the message. Everyone knows now if you screw with this regime if you go against the narrative that we have set for everyone to listen to you will be severely punished and now you steve being a truth teller and someone who won't stop until you find out what really went on now you have to pay the consequences for that and that just doesn't sit well with me. And you know what else doesn't sit well with me? That I didn't see on Fox News or anywhere else. Fox News. I saw not one thing about this. Not one. These people, they call themselves journalists, Steve. Mm -hmm. Journalists. Okay, well, why, why would you not report on a journalist, a fellow journalist, an investigative reporter, being trotted out, being perp-walked, because he refuses to accept the narrative that is being spoon-fed to us by this evil regime. Not one place in mainstream media did I see any coverage of this story. And the fact that they can sit out there and pretend like they give a about truth or facts or anything else is just disgusting to me. It's disgusting, and I think that they should be ashamed. So, Steve, I, I did it. This segment, I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue to do it, but here's what I want to do, Steve. I want to, um, we got to take a break, and then if you can stay with me, I want to go through some of this, the, the complaint and the statement of facts, because I want to give you an opportunity. I know what the other side is going to do. They're going to go through this, oh, and yeah. they're going to say, see, see, and I want to give you the opportunity to, uh, let's just get all, let's get everything out here about yeah. what this is about, because I know that there are things that are being, A, misconstrued, and B, clearly put out there just to make you look bad. Whether or not it's illegal is a completely different story. So let's go ahead and uh, let's take a quick... Well, Steve blood, Steve's blood pressure is fine. Mine is not. So we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. So, Steve, in this uh, criminal complaint, 
it's, it, they've got the the uh, charges, and then they've got uh, a statement of facts. And so these are all of this that they did this this fact finding investigation to try to see what they could nail you with and what they could impugn your character with. And they listed it all out there. So I want to read a couple different quotes mm-hmm. from this statement of facts, and I want you to give the context here. Okay. So, um, and I believe this is this was you as you as you mentioned you and your friend. On a was it a live stream? Uh, yeah, it was a, um, a Facebook Live that night. Facebook Live that night, right after it happened, you're joking with your friend and you're live streaming it, and you say the only thing I regret is that I didn't like steal their computers because God knows what I could have found on their computers if I'd done that. But by the time I got into Pelosi's office, unfortunately, there was some damage done. Um, and then you say, as I was exiting Pelosi's office, the sign was being busted up into little pieces and people were collecting it as souvenirs. I don't understand what they think they have there. Well, what they think they have is uh, my state of mind and my intent was to go in and to steal Pelosi's laptop. It's a joke, clearly. Well, it was clearly a joke because that was already on the news. Right. It was already on the news. And we recorded this at like 11 o'clock that night. And we had already poured a couple of, you know, of stiff drinks. Yeah. And um, and so we're, it's, it's two buddies, two, right. you know, pals of 25 years yucking it up uh, about a very harrowing experience that we witnessed that day and were very close to, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, fortunately for him, he didn't go inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uh, he actually, <laughs> he, he was cold and he just, he left and went, <laughs> went back to the hotel. Wow. Because we got separated. And then I, of course, because as I said earlier, we couldn't communicate because our phones weren't working. No texts would go in or out. And so I wasn't able to keep up with him or find him. And so he couldn't find me. And so he just went back to the hotel. He had no idea I, I was even in <laughs> the building. Uh, well, which, by the way, I mean, it, this is like you didn't steal their computers. No. So saying like, hey, should have stolen their computers because God knows what kind of evidence we would find on their computers of crimes because we all know they're criminals is like a, a thought that I and every other libertarian minded person has had. All of these people are criminals. Imagine what we could find on their devices. Mm-hmm is I would imagine the point that you were making. Yes. Well, it, you know, there was something, you go back to the Oath Keepers trial, and I asked one of the attorneys, and I said, I said, just walk me through this. I said, legally. I said, if Stuart Rhodes, the founder and leader of the Oath Keepers, if he said, I want to do this to uh, Congress, mm-hmm. but then he didn't do it, right? did he commit a crime? And he said, no, oh. no, he didn't. I said, okay, if he then, after it was over, a week later, he says, I wish I had done this to Nancy Pelosi. Did he commit a crime? He said, no, he didn't. But what do you think the government did with that speech? Used that to impugn him in front of that jury, Mm -hmm. even though neither comment was illegal. Right, right, right. We have the First Amendment in this country. Putting that in front of the jury sets... The tone. I see. I see. So here's another one that will be used. Uh, Pelosi's office was eh. They got Pelosi's office and, you know, it couldn't happen to a better deserving bitch. I completely agree with that statement. It could not have happened to a, a more deserving Nancy Pelosi. I'm allowed to call her a bitch. Right. 
you're allowed to call her a bitch. It is your opinion. And to think that that is something that they're including to try to sway the jury into thinking that you're this bad guy that had malintent is just despicable. And that was actually asked of me by uh, the FBI agents who interviewed me back uh, two and a half years ago. And so when they asked me, did you know, did you say this? Right. Or, or why did you say that? Or what was your state of mind when you said that? I said, because it wasn't McConnell's office. I said, because if it would have been McConnell's office, I, said, I would have said it couldn't have happened to a more deserving bastard. It's exactly my answer to the FBI in the interview. And I, and I said, what part of the fact that I'm a libertarian do you not understand that I hate both sides? <laughs> That's what I was going to say is like, it's like these people have never met a libertarian in their lives that they don't understand that someone just doesn't like government at all, right. no matter what party they are. Well, um, so to, to that point, I want to read um, a couple more from one of the other pages in here. It was, uh, this is quotes three, by the way. It's during the interview, Baker stated, this is with the, with, you tell me who this is. From. During the interview, Baker stated, yeah, I was quite excited to see this going on and stated, do I approve of what happened today? I approve 100%. No, no. See, that didn't happen during the FBI interview. That happened during an interview I gave with WUSA afterwards. WUSA did two different interviews with me on January 6th, one out on the the, um, Capitol lawn with remote, you know, field reporters. And then they uh, called me about an hour or two later and actually put me on with the their news anchor. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and he interviewed me for about 15 minutes out of. 30 minutes, roughly, of interview, they use 15 seconds sliced together. Right. I got, I got calls. Or actually, I was getting uh, DMs late into the evening from people that followed my blog mm-hmm. going, Steve, you're not going to believe they did a hatchet job on you. And then, so again, now let's go back to my FBI interview. So they s- quoted that in my FBI interview. And I and I looked at. I said, so you, "I said you've seen the interview." He said, "The agent said, yeah." I said, "Did you see the cuts?" And he went, "He did." He just like that went. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I mean that. This is this is what they do, though, and this is what. Unless unless you've read hundreds of these, like I have, of these J six, you know, charging docs and statement of, of facts, you don't understand that. They're going to hyperbolically uh, exaggerate to make it, you know, 10 times worse than it really is. And it doesn't matter what your actual crime or alleged crime is. They're going to make it work. Now, as I said earlier to someone, if you were caught on film swinging a baseball bat at a cop, really nothing else, you know, is exaggerated matters. You're you're, you're pretty much dead meat and, and probably deserve to be. But... For the average person that did nothing, there there are people, Sarah, they waited this long and they tried this hard because they wanted to find a felony on me. They were looking for it. They were looking for it. And they finally just went, okay, we, we can't find it. Because remember, my videos were subpoenaed by a grand jury and grand juries are not seated for misdemeanor defendants. They're only seated for felonies to investigate felonies. They tried. They were looking really hard, really hard to punish you with a felony, which is which is why, of course, why it was so unusual that they went to the lengths of putting you through the humiliation process. 
And and that was, you know, as I said earlier, this was the uh, most humiliating event of my life. After we got to the courthouse, after the FBI dropped me off and handed me over to the U.S. Marshals, well, the first thing they did is they put on the leg chains. And so I had to walk into the federal courtroom in leg chains. And a chain around my waist with my, you know, my hands chained to my stomach. What were you thinking in that moment? Uh, what I said out loud, I was like, really? Really, guys? Really? You know this is a misdemeanor? You, you know, really? You did say that to them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Did they respond? Um, no, didn't respond. And... uh Interestingly, afterwards, one of the U.S. Marshals who was completing the processing, the mugshot, additional um, uh, fingerprints, electronic this time, um, he looked down at my charging document, the paperwork, and he, first words out of his mouth to me was, this is bull****. He said, you know how many of these we've had to process or I've had to process? He said, this is bull****. He said, but you know what's bigger bull****? He said, Trump needs to be paying every one of your legal fees. I agree with that. I agree with it By the wholeheartedly. Way, I agree with that. Um, and, you know, it, it struck me. I know, I know here, oh, around here we're, not, like, we're never supposed to criticize Donald Trump, but I feel like I've done a very uh, careful job of calling balls and strikes. And I had an opportunity to ask him about that. And what, all I asked was, will you make a commitment to pardon nonviolent January Sixers? And he did not, he would not give me a straightforward answer. He said, well, it's something that we, I mean, you know, in his very Trump way, it's something that we're looking into very strongly. And, you know, but, but he, he didn't just say yes. And that really bothered me. And the, and, and the idea now that we're extending that, not just from the people who, you know, perhaps the people that we saw on that video that were waving flags, that were disrupting, that were causing damage, property damage. We're not just talking about that now. We're talking about an independent journalist who went in, whose footage was used, by the way, in like MSN and, you know, all of these mainstream media outlets, which kind of proves the point that we kind of needed the footage of what was going on. Otherwise, why would they have used your footage? Mm -hmm. But now we have people like you who are going in and documenting it. And there, I mean, you tell me, Steve, I don't think your life is ruined, but they sure are trying. Uh, they're 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 trying to uh, make it a little more difficult, make it a little more miserable to a certain extent, and certainly, depending upon what we uh, decide in, as a strategy with my legal team going forward, uh, it could get worse uh, mm-hmm. because they still. I mean, there's nothing stopping them from issuing a superseding indictment, which would include a felony charge. Uh, that can happen at any time. In fact, that can be punitive because if I turn down whatever sweet plea deal that they offer me, they can punish me by coming back with a oh. with that felony charge. So do you know anything about your judge yet? No, uh, we haven't heard. Uh, I thought we might learn today, but um, we, we don't know yet. 
So your next stop is DC on March 14th. Yeah, and I don't I don't have to go. Uh, we can do it by Zoom okay. hearing, but okay. I'll certainly know who my judge is by then. But you don't have any restriction. Did they put any restrictions on you? Travel restrictions? They, yeah. Obviously not a gag order. I, <laughs> you know, you know so. what the most significant restriction was? Tell me. They told me I couldn't text my FBI agent anymore. <laughs> it's actually on. It's on. No. The, well, it's in the court documents. Oh yeah, and if I violate that, uh, they'll they can arrest me again. Why? Well, because, you know. I mean, they could have just said no drunk texting. Well, I could that would have been easier <laughs> on me. But no, that was actually, you know, you said you can't uh, text uh, Agent Craig Noyes ever again. Oh, my God. Shame on you. Wow. And, um, and then uh, I do have to surrender my firearms. And by surrender, I don't have to turn them in. I just can't keep them. I have to give them away to a neighbor or a friend or something. So but I. Do you get to get those back if you're cleared? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, the misdemeanors are not, um, if I'm convicted, right. counts. That's not, they're not going to take my guns away from me. I just can't have them now during this process. Okay. Um, some uh, January 6th defendants have fought that and actually got the their right to have their weapons again. So we're going to look at, you know, what was done in that regard. Obviously, um, I I only have to notify when I travel out of state. I don't have to get permission, okay. which is is uh, the case with some defendants. Mm-hmm. And then one hundred percent of all of the defendants that I'm aware of, unless they lived in the District of Columbia, were restricted from traveling to Washington D.C. Right. And they, I mean, they they couldn't. They're just not allowed. Period. Uh, they were, you know, deemed as dangers, but for whatever reason, they chose not to do that to me. They mm-hmm. chose uh, to not put that restriction on me. It, it stated that I'm not restricted from traveling uh, to D.C. Uh, I think maybe that they knew that that was a fight that they didn't want to go because they were basically would be taking my job away from me. Right, right. And so, mm-hmm. we, we, you know, unfortunately, a couple of my attorneys were really looking forward to that fight. So, ah. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're bummed they don't get to yeah. fight that one. Yeah. Um, well, I, I just one quick note as well. I'm the timing may be coincidental, but Speaker Mike Johnson and Representative Barry Loudermilk uh, announced today that they are releasing 5,000 hours of footage related to the January 6, 2021 Capitol protest. So that will be forthcoming. They said that they will be releasing it in batches on Rumble, and they will be releasing it without faces blurred this time. So um, again. Not sure if it's this is the timing is related, but um, I know that you have worked very closely with these individuals to get what we I, have so far. I actually had a 15 minute phone call with Speaker Johnson, uh, in which I told him that the blurring of the faces was a political disaster for him. He was losing on both sides. On the left, they think that you're hiding criminals. Mm-hmm. On the right, they think that you're hiding feds. Mm-hmm. Said this is a no win, and he said that he had received counsel, legal advice, that this was the best thing to do. And obviously they figured out that this was a, a, a political disaster for them to be doing that. Steve, you have so many people in your corner. Um, it's not just us at Blaze. It's, you know, Representative Thomas Massey who's tweeting about this. It's like so many, so many patriots um, and Americans who see what is being done to you and um, are speaking out against it. And I just, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, you are an inspiration to so many people. 
And I know that it's probably really scary right now, but just know that um, we appreciate you and we're in your corner and um, we're praying for you all the time. Thank you, Sarah. You're welcome. Um, All right. Stop it, Sarah. I didn't need the tissues at least. Um, Okay, we got it. We got to take a quick break and then I'm going to let Steve go because I assume that Steve needs to, you know, I don't know, like sleep or something. So I'm going to let you go. I'm sure you have a billion things to do. Um, First, we want to thank our sponsor really quickly, Birch Gold. So financial experts, you know, they thought maybe we were in the clear. They, they were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out and it was higher than expected. Oh, imagine that. The Fed doesn't know what they're doing. So this is not going away. The U.S. is $34 trillion in the hole, and we keep printing money, which is just going to push the prices you pay every day even higher. So bury your head in the sand if you want, or you can do something about it by diversifying into Birch Gold uh, or into gold with Birch Gold Group, which we use personally. My family has used Birch Gold. Uh, You can convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. You're not going to pay a penny out of pocket. Text the word Sarah to 989898. They're going to send you a free information kit. There's no obligation, but just read about it and make sure that you are educated so that instead of watching your 401k or your savings dwindle away, you can hedge against inflation with Birch Gold. That is text the word Sarah to 989898. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. I don't want to now welcome to the show. I, I, I like too beautiful. I can't even begin to describe how excited I am that they are here. Uh, The co-founders of Pretty Little Patriot, we have Kendall Bailey in the house. You may know her as Kendall in Kentucky on uh, Instagram and other socials. And then along with Lindsey Graham, of course, the Patriot Barbie herself. And you guys, just for the record, they're like the cutest things ever. And they are dressed in Pretty Little Patriot, which is their clothing line. I also am wearing my uh, my skirt here. Show my skirt. Thank you. Look how pretty this is. Well, and the boots. Yes, it does. I mean, we can't, we can't yeah. take credit compliment for those, the, but they're darling. They complement the, the skirt, I feel yes. very well. Um, so you guys, we're all participating in the parallel economy together, mm. uh, trying to fight the good fight. And um, tell everyone where they can find your line. What's the website? PrettyLittlePatriot.com. Great. We are also social media, Pretty Little Patriot. Great, great. So, um, so we've been following each other for a while, and it's just always nice to have like-minded women who are not afraid to speak out and speak their mind about what's going on um, today in America. And I just, you know, obviously I just talked to Steve Baker about how journalists are being treated um, here in the in Joe Biden's America 2024. Um, but let's talk about how just kind of all of us are being treated as Americans. We seem to be second class citizens these days when it comes to uh, American citizens versus illegal immigrants who are pouring in through our southern borders, who are murdering our nursing students, uh, who are sexually abusing our children. Um, we just seem to be second class citizens these days. And I want to I want to show you guys this. The White House, okay, has now introduced a new term for the millions of illegal aliens who have entered the United States. So now they are 
newcomers. Mm. Yes, they're welcome. They're, yes, newcomers. Yes, yes, we're welcoming the newcomers. Okay, this is a fact sheet that outlined a proposal from the uh, the Democrat Senate, um, and they they said, look, newcomers. They're just newcomers now. They're not illegals. Well, it's interesting. Newcomer is the term that my church congregation uses when we welcome people to our church. And now we are using it for illegal immigrants. And Lindsay and I were talking earlier today. I mean, call it what you want to call it. But these people are crawling over and climbing under our wall Mm -hmm. and they are raping Mm -hmm. women they are bringing drugs and they're creating a very unsafe environment. And that is, yes, that is a gross generalization, but that's what we're seeing. And we are welcome um, or we are welcoming of people who want to come here legally. So don't don't come for us saying, you know, well, you're not you're not being welcome and Lady Liberty. Um, no, come here legally and we'd love to have you. But this is dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's just a, it's another gaslighting term. Right. Since Biden has gotten in office, he's relabeled everything. Woman inclusivity, equality, trigger words for us. And it's all this big um, mission to to twist our brains into believing, well, the term newcomer is so nice and inviting, and that's just what they are. We love these people. This is a safe haven for all. And again, it is. America's awesome. No wonder you want to come here. Mm -hmm. We welcome you legally. Right. Right. And so he, it's just a word that he can use to make everything evil that he's doing sound just so innocent. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you point out America is a safe haven for all, which I mean, uh, we're kind of running out of time on that experiment, yeah. though, because yeah. you can only import so much of the third world before you become the third world. And I don't say that as like, a, oh, no, they have brown skin, so we don't like them. But I mean, <laughs> it's just true. Like Venezuela is literally releasing their prisoners and telling them, go forth to America. Yeah. They can provide for you. And they're coming here. Yeah. And they're, well, and, and they're not and they're not taking them back, which is even oh. more terrifying. If they get on, they can't even get on a plane to go back to Venezuela. Mm-hmm. So we are now stuck with them. Mm-hmm. And now what? We're running out of room. Right. I'll tell you that much. There wasn't room to begin with. Right. Can't right. sit here. <laughs> you can't sit with us. Here's <laughs> so. your papers. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and then and Kendall, you mentioned that it's you know maybe it's a gross generalization. I'm fine with it. Honestly, I'm fine with the generalization that we have a bunch of criminals coming in through our our borders. That we have a bunch of unsavory characters coming through our border. Especially when you just look at the evidence, all of the videos that we've seen of like young strapping young lads coming across from Russia, from, uh, you know, China, from all of these countries that we generally say uh, these are countries with high amounts of terrorism. They're all coming through, too. So it kind of makes you wonder. Well, and what's what's really more dangerous? Okay, these men being in our country or us generalizing the criminal record, like which is more at risk of your daughter being raped, pillaged, kidnapped, murdered? Us calling them a label? Oh my gosh, labels. Oh, Biden has made it seem like if you call someone a label, it's the most devastating thing ever. No, I think it's more dangerous that you're here in our country and we don't know who the hell you are. Right. And and we do need to label them. Right. I guess that's true. I mean, we yeah. do need to label them because we need to know what what they are. Let's call them newcomers. <laughs> we <laughs> just did we? label them, I guess. <laughs> we did. I think that's a little too kind. It <laughs> is. A new label, please. And it, how scary that the other thing that they're doing gaslighting-wise is Biden goes to the border in a very safe area yeah. where there's such a low amount of people coming through. And then Trump does mm-hmm. real news and goes to 
Eagle Pass, where there's between 300 and 500 people in the last five days Mm -hmm. coming through. So we're not talking about a handful of people coming over and let's help them. We're talking hundreds of people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, just under Joe Biden's presidency, it's like 10 million. Yes. It's insane. In three years. Yeah. Where are these people living? Like, where? I know, I know, our, we talk about, are, are they in hotels? But I'm like, that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I know, and I mean, I, I, you know, we, I often talk about this, this issue, and it's like, guys, if you think that we are not going to have economic ramifications years and years down the road because of the financial drain that this is on our own system, right? You're crazy. Just the cost of their cell phones alone. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Well, and I mean, the look, if they're going to be in a in a shelter or wherever, like if like we are going to fund that somehow. Right. It's in, coming out of our tax dollars. Yes. And they're not paying taxes because they're legal. Right. And this is not I, I don't want to call it a shelter anymore because it's not a shelter. These are nice hotels that they're living. Yeah. In. Well, not We're, for long. Because they're treating them like garbage. Right. I mean, they're Drug leaving houses. their... Yeah, they're well, leaving that's true. their, and, their and needles we're everywhere. And we're kicking military out so right. we can take care of people who don't do anything for our country. Right. So sad. Yeah, it is really devastating. Um, okay, so so hang with me, ladies, if you would. And then I want to talk about the new uh, transgender member of the Space Force. <laughs> I can't wait for that with these two. First, I want to thank our sponsor, the segment Preborn. So um, we're moms here. And you guys know the 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 moment that you hear your child's heartbeat, mm-hmm. the moment that you see them on the ultrasound, it's like absolutely life changing, especially the first time because you don't you're walking in, you don't know what to expect. And so what preborn does is they have helped rescue hundreds of thousands of babies through ultrasound. So a scared young woman goes in, she feels like she's in crisis. She's been lied to by the left. Like that's just a clump of cells. And, um, she actually, when she goes into one of preborn's network of clinics, she's showed the truth. She sees that ultrasound. She hears that heartbeat. And actually once she does that, she is like, there's double the chance that she chooses life. So, um, preborn is asking you guys, it's $28 for an ultrasound. So if you can sponsor $28 a month or even more, just know that that is going to save the lives of babies. And I cannot think of a more worthy cause than saving the life of a baby. You can go to preborn.com slash Sarah. You can donate securely there. It is preborn.com slash Sarah. introduce you ladies to a fellow lady just kidding oh just kidding I'm it's already gagging uh, a fellow lady very very lovely very um feminine looking united states air force uh lieutenant colonel brie fram who was recently at the national character and leadership symposium speaking and i want to show you uh, just a little of his speech suggesting that inclusion is a matter of national security now, you guys. Mm. Inclusion is a matter of national security. Priorities. Yes. So inclusion is a national security mm. imperative. Mm. We fight today and we are going to fight in the future using I I like brain her. power. <laughs> and if that brain who's going to revolutionize the way we fight in space, we fight in cyber, just happens to be in a trans body, you should want them all serving alongside Mm. me. 
hands. And for your organizations, it's the same way. Those perspectives that we get from a diverse set of individuals, it's been talked about mm. on stage a lot regarding mm -hmm. the science behind high-performing teams. We need those perspectives. But it's inclusion that actually drives that. Because mm. you can bring people in, and if they don't feel safe to speak up, if they don't feel mm. safe been doing it to all bring wrong. their full selves to work, you're yes. not going to get the value of the diversity. So for us, it is absolutely oh, critical value to drive our future success as an organization and potentially on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same way for all of you because we can't That's believe who I want on that the talent that is going to revolutionize yeah, right? the way we do business. Behind. Uh, so I regret to inform you that we may use our YouTube, our YouTube audience in three, two, one. There is no such thing as a trans body. Yeah, <laughs> worth it. There is no such thing as a trans body. You are a male. You have a mental illness. You really should not be involved in any matters of national security, I would just like to point out. And I also am a little bit, um, I'm not sold on your brain power either. No, thank you. So we're, I, I seriously want to clarify because they have all these terms and it's confusing. What we see there mm -hmm. is a man, yes, <laughs> which is very, very confusing because he was super feminine, but that's a man. I think you could tell by, I saw Lindsay pointed out the hands. Yeah, massive mm. mitts. <laughs> Almost like she's a dude. Very strange. She's Biggest hands I've ever seen besides Big Mike. Yeah. The Adam's apple a little bit. Oh, yeah. I wonder if, Look at it. I wonder if she's going to shave that down. Mm. Look at that, so look at that she, pretty princess. She, look at her. Oh, honey. Look at her. Let me help you with anything, him. anything at all. Would you like your wiener back? Well, and can we point out that in this specific space, not this space, I'm talking that space in the military yeah. is where I want my exactly. toxic, masculine, strong, brave yes. providers and protectors. Yes. I do not care about what you're what you have downstairs or what you have upstairs as long as you are willing to carry my body from that wreckage and save me and fight for this country. Well, which t I guess technically maybe he still could do because he is a male. But I, w I would add the caveat, too, that, like, I need someone who is all mentally sound. Okay. Well, and ev hang on. Male... Everything that he's taking, all those drugs that he's taking, mm -hmm. I don't think we can say that That's he a great is point. still strong. That's a great point. That's right. That's a great he's, point. he's lowering his own physical capabilities by taking probably estrogen or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever to block testosterone. But mm -hmm. I want to go back to what you said about I'm still questioning his brain power. And it's legitimate. Sorry, not trying to be mean, not trying to be bigoted. But if you are a man who thinks, first of all, that A, you're pulling off being a woman, you're very wrong, <laughs> and B, that you can actually be a woman, your brain power is compromised. Yes. Honey, bunches of oats, you have mental issues. So even if you are still decently strong as a man and can fight on the battlefield, he references, I'll help you notice, cybersecurity and like online battlefields mm. almost like I can still use this to fight. And I'm like, I think that that's compromised too, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I, I am very, especially at a time guys where, um, we're just kind of talking about World War Three. We're talking right. about uh, being involved in Russia versus Ukraine. We're talking about Israel versus, you know, basically Iran. And I just feel like maybe just having very strong men who understand who they are is probably, I mean, it should be a priority, I that, feel like. That's not the dude that I want to see issuing a press conference about how built and strong our military is. Yeah. No, not at all. Well, I don't think the men want to embrace him, and I don't think the women want to embrace want him. You. So, yeah, leave it to the trans and... 
I guess they just create their own military. And this is this is very sick. <laughs> Who hopefully is in charge of nothing. Is yeah. in charge of nothing. Yeah. You guys can, um, why don't you sweep the barracks? Um, <laughs> I'm not sweeping the barracks. Yeah. Uh, this is so sad, too, because this topic isn't often touched on. But, like, this poor man... He's about to go on. He's about to undergo surgery. I think the article said, or he, or he has, he has feminized himself. He's about to cut off his own genitalia, mm-hmm. all in an effort to be something he cannot be. Mm-hmm. And so he has, he has made himself. Once you do those things, he has made himself unable to be a man again. I mean, genetically, of course, we know he is, mm-hmm. but then he is unable to be a woman, and of course, he doesn't understand that. So he's made himself an it in the world of existence. And I feel like it's so sad that people like this, our government is letting and putting on pedestals to speak about this kind of thing and saying, instead of saying, please don't do this to yourself. You don't know what you're doing. You're mentally ill. Let us get you help. Right. And by the way, you're not in charge anymore. <laughs> right, right, right. Also. Oh, by the way, step down. I, okay. All right. So we got to take um, another quick break. We'll be right back. more time together. I know. This has been fun. No, I'm so glad that you guys are here. You're here for, um, what? what is the event? Moms for America, their 20th anniversary. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I'm a mom and I wasn't invited, but I'm no. glad you guys are I'm here. Glad, I'm, I'm glad you guys are here. I'm like, next year, we're putting your name in the, in the ring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible to be around strong women who are fighting because yeah. what was the phrase that they said yesterday? The, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand the that rules the world. Right. And it's so true. Well, you guys are strong women who are fighting and uh, you're fighting back at least with uh, good conservative, uh, liberty-minded you know, women with a clothing brand. Tell everyone where they can find it again. PrettyLittlePatriot.com. And we want to stress that our we have an XX as our logo, and that's the XX chromosomes that God so intentionally and exclusively gave to his daughters. I have them. They're earrings. They're wonder. Go check them out. I'm obsessed with all of their stuff. It is Pretty Little Patriot. Guys, thank you for being here. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.